whichever questions you'd like to answer. We've got 10 minutes. Okay. Um, this feels like speed dating. I'll try to get through them all. <laughs> um, what tools help you the most? Uh, well, I, what I do is I have a checklist with the tools on it and I try to go through it just not to beat myself up, but to see how many of them I've used in a day. Um, and for me right now, uh, literature and telephone or WhatsApp, because <laughs> for me from England, WhatsApp work, works the best. And as I said, with my fellow traveler, um, I like reading the literature and then being able to share uh, what I get from that particular passage. So I would say that literature and phone and then meetings for sure, um, just like what is happening right now, um, it's quite phenomenal for me to hear stories from so many different people, but I use all the tools. Um, are there mantras you use in difficult times? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, easy does it is a big one. And um, I also try to repeat that sometimes I just say to myself, not now. So um, I try to kind of, if I, and I, by the way, I do have cravings. <laughs> that definitely still happens to me. Not every day. Um, in fact, I'm surprised by them when they happen. And I sometimes get really angry thinking, why is this happening to me? Um, and it's happening to me because I'm a compulsive overeater. But um, what I do is I say, just not now. So I'll, um, I'll kind of psychologically convince myself that maybe I can do it later, whatever it is, if I'm craving something, and I'll say just not now. Um, so I delay gratification a lot. Um, and that really, really helps me. So things like that, um, easy does it, just not now. That's, that's just one that works for me. Um, and also it really helps me just to keep it simple. I am a complicator, ask my sponsors will tell you. I'm a complicator. So keeping things simple. Oh, what's my favorite step? Um, I think the spiritual steps for me today are my favorites. Um, I like step 11. I like, I like the 12th step because it's about carrying the message. And um, I like step three. But gosh, you know, what's one without the rest? What are the greatest gifts of the program for me? Um, people the people in the program, for sure. Um, people's generosity never ceases to amaze me. Um, and I think for me, um, I had great teachers who were completely selfless. I could not understand why they would help me. I just didn't understand it in the beginning, that why there wasn't a quid pro quo or something like that. And um, I learned from them about generosity. Um, so I think the greatest gifts of the program for me are definitely um, uh, things to do with service and, you know, with just unconditional love. What literature helps me the most? Um, the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I love it. It cuts to the chase and talks about the food. Um, that is my primary addiction. It's the number one thing for me. Um, I need to hear things about the food. So um, that's the one that helps me the most. When I came into this program, my sponsor was on the World Service Literature Committee and there was just one, um, there was just one book uh, and it was the 12 steps. They hadn't written the 12 traditions for Overeaters Anonymous yet. And um, <laughs> it, it's so funny because I still just have the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous and it wasn't until this year that I actually ordered the 12 steps and 12 traditions. So I'm all up, up to speed now in terms of the dates. 
My spiritual practice, okay, that's really straightforward for me. Um, I get out of bed. I go to the foot of my bed. I kneel down. Um, I take steps one, two, and three in four areas of my life. I tell my higher power that I'm powerless. I ask my higher power to, um, to remove the desire for me to want to do whatever it is with food. Um, I'm, and I'm in another program, so I won't, I won't call that out right now. But, um, and then uh, I do 10 minutes of slow stretch yoga practice because um, I have osteoarthritis. That's one of the things that has happened to me with aging in this program. And so I stretch. Um, and then I come downstairs in the quiet, make myself a cup of tea, and I read two um, like daily readings from the literature. Uh, and I spend about five to 10 minutes writing in my journal. Uh, and then I start my day, you know, so that's, that's what I do. I have my abstinent breakfast after that. What advice would you give to the newcomer? Oh, um, just, just be honest. Be honest about what you're doing. No matter what you're doing with the food, just be honest and ask for help. Um, what roles does writing have in your program? I've kind of already said that. Uh, it's, it's, it's crucial. I like to write anyway. Um, so it's quite crucial for me to, to process. And you know, those feelings I named in my share that I can access them all now. I kind of get that through writing. Um, what surprised you the most about recovery? Uh, well, first of all, it was the physical. Um, I couldn't believe that this program could work with me eating three moderate meals a day with nothing in between and cutting out sugar. I absolutely could not believe that I would be half my body weight um, within a year and not having to do all of this crazy dieting stuff that I used to do once. But I have to tell you that, you know, I, it wasn't a free for all at my meals. Um, so the physical was a really big surprise to me. Um, but probably the biggest thing is the fact that I don't sabotage things anymore, that um, I'm reliable and I'm trustworthy. And, um, you know, if I say I'll do something, most of the time I do now. Whereas before I just created all this chaos in my life, I was like a white tornado and you just couldn't trust me. So one of the um, one of the big things there, I think, is that you know, um, is that I've changed so much that I'm trustworthy. What are you most grateful for? Um, my son. I'm I'm most grateful for my son um, and uh, my abstinence and the program for sure every day. I I just don't think that anything else in my life would happen without those things. You know, so um, I express gratitude for my abstinence every single day. Um, can I talk about how I maintain my recovery with a young child? Yeah, sure. Um, well, kind of from the day he was born, um, I tried to normalize food uh, around him. So just to continue working my program in the way that I did, but I didn't, I didn't keep my son from, from sugar. Um, or anything like that. But I just tried to make sure that, you know, whatever was happening was really quote unquote normal. Um, and he knew that I ate three meals a day with nothing in between. And he knew that I didn't have sugar. It was like just a thing. Mommy doesn't have ice cream. Mommy doesn't have. Um, and, 
you know, he's so normal with food today. It's quite unbelievable to have somebody who is just so normal with food. Um, in terms of work and things like that, that was always really tricky for me. But I really think that if you're working the program, then you can have an honest dialogue with a child and, you know, you can, you can figure it all out. I mean, if the person who's asking this question wants to make contact with me, I'd be really happy to, you know, to talk about, you know, what I did and, and how that worked for me. Because I also had a bereaved child, you know, from age six onwards. So I needed a lot of help from a lot of other people um, to get through, you know, the pain. It's still very emotional for me, but, um, you know, we did it and we're here. Oh, how do you let go and let God? Um, okay. Uh, it's, I do the visualizations that I was talking about, and I never used to be very good at these at all. Um, but I just remember things like times when I've fallen over. I don't know if this has ever happened to you where you've, you've taken a fall. Um, and, you know, when you fall, you know that there's nothing you can do to, to kind of stop it. And, um, and so all you have to do is kind of accept what happens when you're falling, try to catch yourself somehow and then recover from that. And, you know, that's what I do. I have to, I have to have this ability to believe that I can fall into it. For me, it is a physical manifestation. I fall into the arms of a higher power who catches me and is loving. Um, and what happens then is my first sponsor told me to, to wait for three signs. So three ways, if I ask for help from my higher power in order to, cause I used to say to her, how do I know that's not my will? And she would say, well, why don't you wait to see if you hear in from three different places, the solution to what it is you're looking for without going out and seeking it out. So what would happen to me is I might be watching TV and somebody would say something on TV and it would be related to whatever it is I had turned over. So I would say, okay, that's one thing. And then it could be something really random, like a song would come on the radio or something and something in those lyrics would be related to something. And that's kind of how I started to build trust in a power greater than myself. I'm just gonna finish here. Also with the food, you know, I was sure at one stage, like in my really early recovery, that I was headed straight for the food. And then something really bizarre would happen to disrupt that. And I couldn't explain how that happened. But um, once that was in my face, then it was like, okay, now you do have a choice. Your higher power is trying to stop this from happening. Are you going to carry on plowing through? Or are you going to stop and say, okay, I've been given a sign here. I'm going to stop. So that's kind of how I do it. Thank you.